Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 422. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Um, I'm joined this week by Kyle Smith-Bino, um, who I'm a big fan of, as you'll hear. B- big fan of him in Staffletts Flats, in Ghosts, in Man Like M- Mobeen. So, yeah, we had loads to talk about. But before we get into it, thank you for all the love for, for last week's double or two-parter. The We Are Lizards special that was about my um, club night I did for 10 years that we stopped two, two years ago. So we thought me and the other DJs would get together and reminisce our favourite stories from that. Got a lot of love from that. So I'm thinking maybe if this weekend, it might not happen, but maybe this weekend I might do a DJ set online somewhere, maybe on Twitch it's a lot of moving parts. I'm figuring it out. But yeah, that might be something I do if anyone f- fancies that. I'm thinking maybe Friday night or Saturday night. But actually, something I'd appreciate if you could all do is uh, the Distraction Pieces podcast has been nominated for a Pod Bible Award. And I'd love it. It's all fan voted, it's audience voted, l- listener voted, and it's free to vote. So if you could head to podbiblemag.com and sling me a little vote that'd be fantastic you know if you if you listen to to this podcast for free every week or every other week or occasionally i'd really appreciate you taking that moment and while you're doing that i'll tell you actually we've got two episodes every week in december so on friday i've got a bonus episode with actor writer director producer will sharp honestly one of my favorite conversations i've had on the podcast I, you know i don't normally pre-hype but i'm pre-hyping that he's amazing but yeah as ever obviously christmas is coming as well you can when you've gone to podbiblemag.com and voted you could pop over to speech development com and see what you want to purchase for yourself or for your loved ones oh man i need to give a mention to you lovely lot on Black Friday. Some of you will know, some of you won't. Tr- traditionally, I close my web store on Black Friday. This year, I turned my web store into a donation page for shelter. And if you donated, you could come and chat to me on Zoom. So I sat on Zoom from 9am to 8pm talking to bloody hundreds of you. And we raised four and a half grand for shelter, which will be will make a massive impact. So yeah. Big love to you all for that. But the web store is open again now. And weird, I've not mentioned this. I mentioned it in the on the Zooms and in the the, the in the shelter, the Black Friday promotion. We started doing thing a, a while back that every time you, if you place an order at speechdevelopmentrecords.com, we will plant a tree for you. Um, and you'll get that emailed to you, all the details of it and all that. So yeah, there's loads of reasons to head over speech to speechdevelopmentrecords.com. I'm going to stop rambling. This is already long. We get into a lot of stuff. As this comes out, Kyle's show at the Soho Theatre has already started. So look that up. Obviously, you'll hear about it here. It sounds amazing. Um, yeah, we talk about it a lot. But if you've not watched Staff Let's Flats, I, re- could, I couldn't re- recommend it enough. It's on the four, um, all four thing. Man like Mobeen and Ghosts are on BBC iPlayer, so check all of it out. I'll be back at the end to ramble a bit more, and I'll be back on Friday for, as said, an amazing chat with Will Sharp. But for now, this is episode 422 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Kyle Smith-Bino. Let's go. Right. I'm joined today by Carl Smith Bino. How are you, sir? I'm all right. I've had an absolute mare of a day, actually, but... Uh, what's been going on? Anything I can help with, mate? Uh, <laughs> you got 80 quid? <laughs> I'll sort you out. No, I just... I've, I've, a bunch, I'm, I'm very bad at organisation. Yeah. And I've just, like... I just did some absolute bullshit of organising and, like, ruined it. Um, so I ended up spending £80 on absolutely nothing. I've got nothing to show for it. 
That's no good. I basically put eight pound in the bin. It's a bad day right there, really. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm slightly n- nervous coming into this because I kind of unplanned did like a 50k cycle on like a, a riding machine today exercise bike i couldn't think of the name and i'm now worried that either my legs are going to seize up because i've not had enough water or i'm going to need to piss like th- three times j- during this chat because i've had too much water so okay that's all right i could i could feel we're gonna get to see how that that goes that's a little uh yeah um a, a little tease f- for the audience to see how this how this plays out but mate i'm a fan of so much of the, sh- the shit you've done. So I want to talk about Mobeen. I want to talk about staff. I want to talk about ghosts. I want to talk yeah. about um, your Soho theater run string versus spitter. But I realize I don't actually know that much about you, the person. Right, so right, right. to kick things off, I want to kind yeah. of rewind things back. If, if that's okay, you grew up in Newham, right? Yeah. Yeah. East Ham. And, and that would have been around the time that DWE and footsie and whatnot were blowing up Newham over the Newham generals what was your your time growing up like what were you into what were you doing well I was so I went to um an all-boys school in Forest Gate called St Barnes where a lot of MCs went so like Timothy Strider went there and Demon went there and I mean, Strider was, like, doing Young Man Standard, which was a massive rave. Like, Wiley was a young man and Skepta and yeah. um, all these guys. So, like, for someone in our school to actually also be going to raves, which is mad considering, like, he was, like, 16. And them lot weren't even that much older than us, maybe, like, 10 years older, so they would have been, like, early 20s. But yeah. for someone that we knew to actually, like, be on radio and then going to raves and stuff was really, like... It was kind of inspiring to be like, oh, I can do that. It was inspiring in a competitive way. Yeah. So, like, when I when I started MCM when I was about 13, maybe. Yeah. And then, yeah, so I was, like, a grand MC that also had interest in acting. Um, and there was a guy two years above me called uh, Tender, TJ. And he was in a show called Kaching. Right. Do you remember yeah, Kaching yeah. on CBBC? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And he was in that show. So it was like... There's people around you that are doing the things that are like you you didn't know were possible. Because I was like, I don't know how like I don't know how to be on TV. I didn't even know that was like a job, really. But it's 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 one thing to not know how to do it. It's another thing to not know it's an option to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. So having yeah, people right. around you d- d- doing this shit makes you go, all oh, right, that's that's an option. I spoke to Kano about this a while back, and right. as stupid as it sounds, I think him modelling and being in a computer game and shit like that is is as inspirational as in r- rapping and acting because it's showing yeah, 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 all these different things that young black men from from working class areas can do. Yeah. And I think that's massive. Obviously, the, the rapping is a massive inspiration, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all the other things outside of that, being in like a, a BMW advert or whatever it was. And it, yeah, it, it, it yeah. makes people go, all right, that's, that's a... That's an option, is it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kano was also a massive inspiration. I grew up around the corner from Kano, literally like 30 seconds walk. Yeah. And like, my mum knew his mum and knows his mum. And like, I was always like, I was always nervous, like when my mum was speaking to his mum, because I thought my mum was going to like, say like, oh, well, he's trying to do his little MCM thing. And I was kind of like, no, just don't. I was like, oh, I'll speak to her like 11 hours. Like, no, no. Like, one day. And I, I've, I've never really like, I sort of bumped into bump in Kenan a, a few places, but I've never really been, like, in the right space at the right time for the right reasons. Like, yeah. I, and I'm one of them people that's not, like... There's a lot of people that I'm a big fan of, like... And Mark Strong, for example, is, like, yeah. one of my, my favourite actors. And, yeah. like, I really hope that my career sort of goes that way. And he's, like, a really successful, talented actor who isn't, like, a celebrity and he isn't, like... Hollywood. I mean, he is, in the, like, in the term that yeah. he's unattainable and, like, he's, like, out there. Yeah, but yeah. he doesn't live, like, celebrity lifestyle. You wouldn't see things about him in, like, papers and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. And, like, he just successfully goes from job to job and, and does his thing and is, like, amazing at it. And it's the sort of, like, the road up, the pathway I'd like to go down. But, like, there's been opportunities to meet him because he was, like, he was mentoring one of my friends for oh, a yeah. year. Um, yeah. as part of, like, the BAFTA scheme. My friend was like, oh, do you want to come along? And I, and I was like, no. And I know that I'm going to meet him at the right 
it's going to be at the right setting. I'm yeah. going to be on set together and we're going to... But, like, Kayla was, like, another one for me that I'm, like, I'm not going to be, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm this kind of this around the corner that's also trying to do this, this like, MC slash acting thing. Man, I completely agree. I completely agree. It's all about the right time and the right situation rather than just like, yeah, yeah. I just want to be in a room with them because exactly. just being in a room or, or, or at events, like I never go to any events and stuff because it always feels, everyone says, oh, it'd be good for networking and that, but it's like, but everyone is in there just yeah, chatting yeah, yeah, shit yeah. and it doesn't yeah. mean anything. When, yeah. like the, the first time I met Dizzy, I'd had a few little opportunities to say hello because some people I knew were working with him and stuff, but we were in a minibus together on the way to a on the way to a festival site because we were playing uh, a festival right. together, yeah, and yeah. that was the point to go. How's it going? And yeah, I mean, feeling as if you're not just there purely to say hello. I want to meet you. Yeah, but I do feel my mum knows your mum is a strong line for interacting with someone because. Every yeah. rapper will get, oh, one of my boys grew up with one of your boys, or my yeah, man yeah, knows yeah, your yeah. man, or whatever else, yeah, but yeah. my mum knows your mum is is that <laughs> bit more distinct. Is, that is quite a strong, actually. <laughs> so, so, so what was the route then? You, are you rapping at school? Yeah, so I was like... At what point did you kind of decide acting, wanted to be part of it? What was the deal? Well, I've always wanted to act, really. I started MCM because, like, I went to an all-boys school where... You've got to be three things to be cool. You've got to be a good fighter, a good footballer, or a good MC. <laughs> and my football skills are bullshit. I don't think I even had a fight in primary school. And then I got to secondary school and everyone was talking about how many fights they've had and they, they beat this person. I'm like, right, man, that's a different world. And I, so it's like... Not having had a fight at least keeps it mysterious. <laughs> at least it's like, I might be able to do something. And if you can act a bit, you can play up to that. But yeah, true confirming it is the problem <laughs> <laughs> so then I was like I was kind of interested in MC. I, I was always like quite creative um from when I was younger when I, I used to make um comic books at home I'm not like I'm an only child kind of I'm an only child from a mum, and I used to I spent a lot of time in my room talking to myself or my imaginary friend so I um yeah I created like these tasks that I would do uh, what kind of comic books were you doing? What were your inspirations? Like sort of just superhero stuff. Yeah. And I just had like this sort of vigilante that was like saving people from, from this evil like triangle, some evil triangle. But I found it recently. I mean, I was like, I this isn't too, it's not, it's not shit. It's like you could give this to a kid and they'd yeah. be like, yeah, yeah, all right. But if I was pitching this as an idea. <laughs> I think the, vi- vi- Vigilante always has the feel of of again. I'd I'd uh, when I was getting into to comics, it was your Punishers and stuff like that that appealed to me. Mm. And I think there's something there in working class upbringings kind of thing where a hero's good, but you also you've still got a little bit of anger. Yeah, <laughs> so you yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. want it to be a vigilante as well. You don't yeah, want it to yeah. just be I'm going to save everyone and that's cool. It's like I'm going to save everyone and I'm going to diss out some punishment for being a dick as well. This <laughs> yeah, ain't yeah, yeah, yeah. this time. ain't no Superman business. This is we've <laughs> yeah. got our own moral compass. Yeah. So I know they've been quite creative. So I did like little stories and stuff, and then I started. I guess like when I got into Graham school I think and it was just like what was going on then I I started writing like in my I'd, I'd steal an extra maths maths text uh, exercise book and write make it my lyrics book and I'd be writing it at like in the back of the lesson and then clash someone at lunch and then like the next day someone else wants to clash and then that's going on in the playground and yeah, so like I was doing that, but at the same time, I'd always been interested in drama. I'd always pick drama, like summer school mm. or any sort of like extracurricular activities that were like available to do. I would always pick drama. Yeah. So the two things were going uh, simultaneously, but I didn't really know like what I wanted to be exactly. I didn't know if I wanted to like make a career of it. I think I got to about fourteen, and like I said, I'd like my my boy was on um, Kaching. And I was like, oh, yeah, I want to do that. I want to be on TV. Yeah. I think, um, I think people people sometimes underestimate how important that period of grime was for inspiring people to just do shit, like whether yeah. it be rap or make films or write or whatever, because you, you had 
Grime Daily and you had a little bit like you you had Channel U and it was clear that this was just yeah, yeah, yeah. some lads just making it themselves. It wasn't some, oh, I need to get my big, big break or I need to do this. It's like, no, you need to get hold of some kind of camera yeah. and that's that. You get on with it. And I think even outside of rap, even outside of music, that's massively inspirational to young to young people to go all right well we don't have to ask someone's permission as such yeah, yeah, yeah. as yeah, as, yeah. as you get when you're older in this industry like if you're working on scripts or whatever you get to a point where you're like i'm shopping this round to producers and that and i'm waiting for someone to tell me it's okay to do this why aren't i just doing it yeah, um, it, yeah, can yeah, be yeah. A, it can be a mad one so yeah that kind of having knowing people in tv as well though kind of pushed yeah. you in that direction even more right yeah, 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 definitely, and, and sort of showed me that it was possible and gave me something to, like, chase. But then even then, like, I, I hadn't narrowed it down. I didn't know what I wanted to do. At the stage, I was just like, he's on TV, I want to be on TV. Yeah. But then I went to I went to drama school and then decided that I wanted to, like, knew what kind of actor I wanted to be, and I wanted to do dramas, and I wanted to do, like, I'd seen, like, crime dramas and stuff, and I was like, yeah, I want to do that. And then the first job I got out of drama school was a crime drama. I was on Wax Happen. And that's and big, like, man. That's a big show with, with, with proper people. Yeah, do you know what? It's so mad, yeah. I, was, I filmed that in 2011, and I was still... I was working in a call centre, and I, like, got the audition, and I did the audition, and then the recall, and I got the part, and then I went and did it, and I was like, it was a one-day shoot, and I just went and did my thing. And it came out on my birthday. It came out on my 23rd birthday, 22nd or 23rd birthday. And I was like, this is it. I'm in the scene and like, this is going to happen. Like, that calls it like, fuck you to the supervisors. Like, everyone like, yeah, I don't know, man, I'm about to change my number because like, I'm on TV now. Bro, I didn't work for 14 months after that. I was back back in the call centre. And like, it's weird because it was a call centre for actors. So it was mainly, yeah, it was mainly people that acted or yeah. were in the industry uh, to some, as in some respects, that that weren't there. And I remember doing that and, like, going back to the call centre because, like, I didn't know when I was going to get paid for this thing. I've got, like, I've still got, I've got rent to give my mum and all those things. So I'm like, cool, I'm back to the call centre. I'm doing that and there's people coming in and out. And this guy, I remember this guy, Kevin, got this part in Batman in Dark Knight. What's the one with uh, Anne Hathaway? So that was it was a third one. Third one, right? Yeah. So there was yeah, yeah. Dark Knight Rises, Return or whatever, and then, yeah, I can't think what it's called. Yeah, so he was in the third one. And this guy, it was the same time as like the Icelandic volcano ash. Thing. Yeah, 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 closed everything so, down. So he was meant to go and film in Pittsburgh, that got cancelled, he had to do it in the studio. Anyway, it all worked out. He was filming with Christian Bale, Anne Hathaway, Morgan Freeman, yeah. And then, like, two days later, he's back in the call center because, like, you got... And it opened my eyes to the industry, and I was like, oh, shit, man. And this was the time when I was thinking, like, listen, guy, in a bit, yeah, I've made it. And I was, like, back in there, and I'm with someone who was just on set with someone like Morgan Freeman that I've watched my whole life. Yeah. And it's just, like, it showed me the reality. I was like, shit, man, this game ain't easy. It's really good to get that reality early, though, yeah. Right. I had a similar bit of luck and like, I booked I, when I moved into acting, I booked three gigs in a row and I was like right. same as you were saying, I was like, man, I'm in, this is easy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. on that third one I was working with Stephen Graham, who's ended up being oh, yeah. a, a good mate, but he took me aside and said, Look, it's great that it's going so well, but just know that this isn't how the industry works. Yeah. Like he told me after This Is England, he didn't book a gig, I think, for 18 months. Yeah, And that's yeah. a performance that I'm like, that's one of the greatest yeah, yeah, yeah. performances in British acting. And him, him saying that just kind of prepped me. And I had exactly the same as you're saying. Yeah. I've had two different periods where it's been either 12 months or 14 months where you think you're, you, you get that gig that you yeah. think is on now. And then you yeah, go, all yeah, right, yeah. it's out of your control. Like, there's a really yeah. good book called Golden Rules of Acting or for Actors by Andy Wyman. And it's uh-huh. not about any te- technique stuff. It's uh-huh. just all the shit that you don't know about how auditions work, how casting works, how all these other things. It's like an hour long read or something. But right, right, right. I got given that by Neil Maskell on my first ever acting gig. And it was 
was a lifesaver, man, because yeah, there's so yeah. much, as you say, you don't know from the outside, you can't know any of this. Yeah. Like you book your first gig and then you're like, I've got three more auditions this week. Amazing. Yeah. And then you, yeah. you never hear anything. And it can, <laughs> yeah. if you don't know that's how it works, it can sh- 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 shake you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah for real. So, so, so what kind of came next after that then? It's, and what made you know that you're not just going to walk away from it? Because that's 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 tough to get that big big break and then be on the sidelines for 14 months, probably oh, auditioning here and there, but yeah, not, yeah, yeah. not getting shit. That can that can knock you back. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I was doing was I was doing YouTube videos at the same time, so I wasn't on my own channel. I was doing like stuff with Don't Jealous Me and Hamza and Vigilant. They've all gone on to do like amazing things separately, but like a jazzy as well. I was I, did, I was in Smoky Barbers, and like there were so many like YouTube things that I I just like jumped on everyone's channel. Basically, this was when people were just doing it for the love. You're just doing it because you want to get yourself out there. It's all changed now, and like I mean, I bang on about this all the time, and I sound like an old like some old guy, but I'm like in back in the day, people weren't doing it for the money. It wasn't about YouTube money. People just wanted to get their stuff out there and just yeah. make stuff and da-da-da. But, um, yeah, it really was. And so I was doing that at the same time, and I was also auditioning, so I was doing both paths and sort of like the the gorilla way and just like putting out whatever I could and playing characters that I thought were fun and blah, blah, blah. Literally, there were days I'd turn up. You'd turn up. You don't know what you're shooting. You don't know what, like, the script is. You don't know what happens in the thing. All you know is that they've, they've been like, oh, come tomorrow, bring a shirt and tie it, or something like that. And you just turn up and you do it. Yeah. Um, and make it work. Um, but yeah, I was doing that at the same time as auditioning. So I sort of had two parts and two ins with the industry. And then a producer, maybe like 2013, a producer saw a YouTube video that I'd done, got in touch, um, and had a meeting. Set, it wasn't even about acting. It was like, it was a music thing. Yeah. Um, it was, it was for Junior Spech. And that was a, a track that we'd done in like 2009 or some shit. And this producer got in touch and was talking about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm actually an actor. And I guess that they were sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. Well, like, we're more interested in, uh, in trying, like, trying to make something out of this music video. But like, okay, cool. And then I auditioned for a thing that they were producing, which was with Kay Van Nova. Yeah. And then I, yeah, and then I, was, uh, I got cast in that. And then he started bringing me in. Um, and so, like, literally everything that he did, I guess, from, like, 2013 to 2016, he would just bring me in. And then I got in that way, and I was, and I was like, oh, right, I'm in, I'm in the comedy scene. Yeah, that's mad. There's such mad similarities that are there. The first series I got, the producers hit me up about doing music for this series, and I uh. went back going, no, I'm an actor now. I, right. I want to be in this series. I don't want to do music for this series and they were yeah, like, yeah. exactly the same they're like all right well you can audition then like probably expecting <laughs> yeah. me to just be like i'm chancing it and i was like no yeah, no yeah. this is what i'm doing now and yeah, yeah yeah and then you're suddenly in that in that circle and in that yeah. in that realm right yeah so so i mean we've touched upon people kind of just getting on with it and doing it and doing it their own way Gus Khan is one of my favourite people in the world. And Man yeah. Like Mobin, I think, is one of the best shows of someone just going, right, no, we're going to make this how we want to make it. Yeah. Just just trust me. Even to the extent of, I think it was Series 3, where it really started to pay off. I'd enjoyed the first two series, but then oh. it was Series 3 that made you go, oh, mate, this is, this is even deeper and, and yeah, bigger yeah. and heavier. So how was that working on, on, on Mobin? Do you know what, yeah? I don't really get asked about Mobin at all. Yeah. So I'm glad you asked. Mobin was a real turning point because what it meant... First of all, I knew guys from 2016. We did a pilot together. Right. On some show, like, when ITV had a, like, put people of colour on TV week. <laughs> and me and yeah. Gus did this pilot, and we met there, and we got on, and we clicked, and it was sick. And, like, we'd, we'd always been in touch... And, like, we tried to get each other in, other in things, but it hadn't worked out. And then he did Moby. And I was like, oh, shit, this is sick. And and Tolu, who plays Nate in, yeah. in, um, in Mad Love Moby, is... Obviously, I've known forever because we went to school together and then he did his Don't Jealous Me videos. 
Oh, really? So, yeah. So it was his stuff that I I came up when I'm talking about the YouTube part. It was his videos that I came up. Mate, in. right? The connections there. Yeah, exactly. So I knew I knew both of them, and I'd watched it just as a fan. And it got to series three, and Ghost had come out by then. Series yeah. one, and it got to the stage where a lot of my friends were making things, and because of Ghost, they were able to say, "Yeah, let's get Kaya," without having to go like, "Oh." Can he audition for this thing? And so Ghost really like, and obviously before I even get to Ghost, like I have to, I have to mention staff because Ghost wouldn't have happened without staff. Really, is, is yeah, that the yeah. order it, it it came in? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So staff staff happened first, and then it was the same director and Ghost. And I don't even think I was on the original list to be seen for Ghost. And right. like, I I got I came in and then like I remember reading that audition the additional size and I was like I have to get this part I found it so funny I found it so relatable I just like I loved it yeah and so I worked so harder than I've ever worked on anything I reckon yeah as I looked like for an audition and then I got that and it got to the stage after that had come out and people were like who is this guy because a lot of people had like TV people had yeah. never heard of me or seen me yeah and it's a it's it's, it's a big role and it's a yeah, it's a yeah, yeah. good Good role. Staff is very much an ensemble, I think. I think yes. all the characters are so essential. So, yeah, that's a dope yeah. one to get, right, and to be right in the mix of it. Exactly. But what it meant was that people, my friends that were making shows or people that were making shows would say, we want him without having to, without people going, oh, no, we haven't heard of him, but what about this guy? And so that got me on, on Moby without an audition, without, that was just guys going, I know who can play that. And it was a really, really important part for me because... What I really wanted to do was play a drama character in a comedy. Yeah, and that's exactly what that was. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna say exactly that. It's the one character that can um, sh- showcase you, like really broadly outside of the series, because you're the one character yeah. in staff basically that isn't a dickhead like like everyone else they're wonderful dickheads and they're variations of dickheads but yours is the one character that's like you're aware everyone's a wrong and yeah yeah yeah, and and you're having to to deal with it and cope with it right yeah absolutely yeah so yeah that did that for me and i was i was like i hope i mean guys always gave me praise for what i was doing but i hope that like that is exactly what he what they him and andy envisioned when they wrote the, the character because like yeah I was just like, this is a blessing. Like to do an accent is something that I haven't been able to do. I've just been playing as much as like I love the characters that I've played. Like Mike and Ghost and Dean and the staff are like amazing characters, but they're the normal characters. That are, it's it's everyone else that gets to play the fools basically. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Javel, the character, the, the character actually actually we had to change the name of the character because <laughs> the name that they originally had. Belonged to a guy who was serving 26 years in, in prison in Birmingham. So they had to change the name. Um, yeah. But it was eventually Javel. And that kind And you of don't want to have to deal with that when he gets it's out. Not, it's not my job. I've got enough on my plate. <laughs> I've got to learn the lines. I've got to stand on my mark. So you're like, the guy who are taking the piss out of me. No, I don't even know you. All right. This is. Speak to Gus. Speak to Andy, in fact. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like I was, yeah, I was really grateful for that part because I got to like showcase my drama, like to show that I'm not, it's not just like the ha, the comedy stuff. I can yeah. also do a bit of drama within a comedy audience. So the people that usually watch the same stuff get to see that I can do that. Um, which was great. And I just had like a good, I think it was like maybe six or seven days in Birmingham and we had a great time. I love it. So- so how did staff come about then because you're right at that point i hadn't really thought about it you've not necessarily got this these standout shows or or whatever to go oh here's me you know you've you've got to hustle your way in and i know with staff a lot of those guys already knew each other already all connected were you part of that or were you kind of coming in from the outside i met jamie at a party uh maybe 2015 and Spoke to him about how much I love the black because there was a Channel 4 black that came out before yeah. this, years before the series. And I just spoke to him about how much I love the black. And luckily, I didn't come off as just some randomer because he had seen the Hood documentary that I did right. with um, Kaede Awumi, who plays yeah. RS in the Hood documentary. And he'd seen that 
and he loved her documentary and spoke about like how much he enjoyed that and the idea and the characters and stuff. So he'd seen me in that, and that was a very that was a similar world of me like trying to control a mad person, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I guess that he'd <laughs> already seen that I could react with someone who was doing a lot, and I could react quite minimally on screen with with someone in that respect. And and um, yeah, so like when I got that audition, I was just buzzing because I I'd love the black so much. Not even thinking ahead that it could be like three series of one of the like what I think is the funniest comedy that we've seen in years, twenty years. Maybe. Completely agree, man. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. So, so how was it when it started to to blow up? Because again, as you say, you're getting in, particularly with comedy. There's loads of stuff that's you get a short run and and it's done. It's out yeah. the window, particularly when it's unusual. So. How was it when it started to blow up and everyone's seemed to get the array of characters in this in the show? Because the Black was just like staff, yeah, doing his thing, right? Really, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? So it wasn't this whole array of it wasn't all these yeah. new characters. Which there's always a risk that you're going to introduce all of that, and they go, "Oh no, that's not what we like." Exactly, we yeah, liked yeah. staff. That was it. So yeah, how was it as that blew up and worked? It's weird because I mean we had a we had a interview recently where Ellie Ellie White who plays Katya she yeah. said <laughs> she said that six people watched the first series <laughs> and it, it, I mean it genuinely felt like that because like we were pushing this show I felt we were pushing it more than the channel were like yeah. all of us just on Twitter being like please watch this thing and a lot of people were like what is this like we don't don't get it. And it took a really long time for people to get on board with it. Yeah. And when I say people, I mean, like, people who've never heard of it, never seen The Black, never seen any of Jamie or Tash's comedy. Mate, I, f- I feel you. I have people hit me up s- saying I should have Jamie on the podcast. I had Jamie on ahead of that first series to talk right. about that because he sent me, like, a couple of episodes previews and I thought it was the best thing I've seen. Yeah. Yet because, as you say, because no one was aware of it at the time, yeah. it's one that people forget it happened or it flew under yeah. the radar. It's like, no, he's been on. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 we've been talking about it for a minute. Yeah, man. So, like, I had no idea, like, that, how many ever years later. When was that? That was 2017 I got that part. Like, four years later, like, it would have, it would be a show that has three BAFTAs and, like, is, like, playing in America and Australia. And people are like, when can we get it in? When can we get it in Austria? And we yeah. like, people, people love the show. Yeah. And I honestly, it's honestly my favourite show. It's like my yeah. favourite comedy. That and Derry Girls, I think, is like, yeah. just like elite TV. I completely agree. Oh, I, I, I want to ask you about a particular episode in Series 3, because as said, you, you Dean is the straight man in, yeah. in, in, in the show, and that's always been the case. How was it to bang on that that blade cut the that blade outfit and get to kind of not be the straight man in an episode because it is it's the there's a, a level of slapstick comic relief of just your appearance as yeah, yeah. as blade so how was that to get to still play it straight but yeah, to know yeah. that you're you're getting to be one of the the clowns in this in this episode as such i remember getting a text from jamie asking what the funniest thing would be for dean to dress up as <laughs> and he had a couple of options and Blade was one of his and and we yeah and I was like I was like yeah Blade but with the teeth he has to have and unfortunately the teeth that we had the teeth the teeth wouldn't stick onto my team right the, the, the stuff that makeup had on that day just wouldn't stay on it was right. sort of like I'd, I'd hold it on for so long and then we'd get to maybe like action and I'd say a few lines and they'd fall one will fall out or one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we had to just go with a little we've got little joke ones that you see for just a second where the kids come running past me calling me Matrix and I just shut like flash my teeth at them. I'm like, obviously I'm not gonna put a matrix and then take the teeth out. And unfortunately that's the only bit that we could get with the teeth. But like it's so funny to have like also, it works, like, it works even even funnier without the teeth, though, because it is it's yeah. just the cut. All it is is the blade cut. That's the that's what yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what this is. It's perfect for a guy who's been so bored for three series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And then you see there's there's a V on his head. Um, and he's the only one that's turned up in any sort of costume. And, yeah. um, I mean, on that day, the, the support... Because the, the extras never actually get to see the scripts. They just yeah. get told, like, okay, in this scene, you're surprised. In this scene, you're, yeah, yeah. you're sick, you're dancing, whatever. They don't see what's on the page. So, but, so they've seen me turn up like this, <laughs> where everyone else is sort of just dressed for a wedding. But everyone is genuinely calling me Blade or like Leo. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, you look like, um, you look like Liverpool, like Wesley Stubbs. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's the. I love it that I, you're getting the genuine impact of what Dean went through in in that in that yeah. everyone else isn't in fancy dress and you are. And yeah. you're having to walk in and go, yeah, that's the thing. That's that's the point. That's what I'm doing. That? Okay, yeah. 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 I love it. Oh uh, yeah, that was I mean it was so much fun. It was a few days in that church. And the uh oh man, the wedding, the um the reception bit, we went in. <laughs> we went in this, we were filming in this hall, and we had this hall for maybe, I think it was two or three days when we filmed the reception bit. And by the third day, that food was stinking. Because it was actual, like, they had so much Greek food. So I'm talking a lot of lamb. Yeah. A lot of feta. And, yeah. and like, there was so much, like, stuff out. By the third day, I'm like, can someone, can we replace that with, like, fake food? Or can we just, like, we do something about that? But I remember, like, spending so much time in that community hall and feeling, like, the the feeling of having everyone there as well, because that episode has got everyone in it yeah. in the same place at the same time. Whereas, yeah. like... Producers, a producer's nightmare. Oh, yeah. Any, any scene like that, you know on paper that all the actors look and go, oh, wicked, everyone's in. And the producer looks at and goes, ah, fuck, everyone's in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also... <laughs> How am I going to make this work? And also, on the first day, everyone's just eating the food. Yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. because, like, in between takes, I ain't cutting, like, I wonder if fucking... I'm just going to have a little bit of that lamb. That little dog-dog. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah, I was having a lot of them bites. Um, there's also, if you... Uh, episode three, where we go on the night out. Yeah. And we've got to open the crisps. Yeah, yeah, Mate, yeah. I never want to see those crisps ever again in my life. The amount of crisps that I went through over those few days, I was knocking them back. They think, oh, look what she's doing. Nah, 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 never again. I will not touch them. I was, I was, I was doing a, 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 a film once and on, on camera to be eating pizza. So obviously, right. I mean, I love pizza. But the amount of takes we're doing that. Yeah. And then when we cut cut for lunch as a treat, they'd got a pizza van in. And I'm sat there like, it's the <laughs> treat for everyone. But I mean, normally I'd be all over that. That's a yeah. massive exciting thing. But no, nah. I was like, I've just been eating cold pizza for the last three hours. Yeah. Like, like here's some warm pizza. Fuck off. But um, uh, I'm all right. I mean, how hard is it? I was, I, I was wondering if it helps because Dean's kind of almost permanent screw face. Yeah. And does that help with with corpsing? Because it no. can't be easy, With because no. particularly Jamie and Natasha, the stuff that they do is just so, f- like, out of nowhere. It must yeah. be so hard to keep keep a straight face. The one that comes to mind is when you are all when you guys are at the um, a, a canal and staff has to jump in. Just the... The the visual comedy of that just for some reason the way he jumped in just literally made me spit with laughter everywhere because you know it's coming so it's building funny. up and then boom it just happens. But, I mean sometimes do you know what sometimes the behind the scenes of Star feel like they're written by Star. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like there was a driver. We had to stop Jamie before he jumped into the canal because there was a driver in the back of the shop. Now, as being an actor, you understand how bad it is for a driver to be in the back yeah. of a shot. To be anywhere but, near the shot <laughs> is insane. And that is how that is how mad that day was because everyone had heard that Jamie was jumping into a canal. The whole crew, I'm talking like catering, yeah. three hours after lunch, are still sticking around because they want to see Jamie jump. Imagine the this driver just peeping in the background, just. Not realising he's he completely was, unshot. He was lying down on the grass. <laughs> he had to get carried away. <laughs> Can we move that cone and that driver? They're both in shot. Clear that away, please. <laughs> I mean, he's honestly one of the funniest people I've ever met. And, like, I, there are two... I don't, like... 
I remember when I was younger, I thought the primary laughter was like a fake, like just like a phrase. Yeah. And two times in the, in the back of his cab, I cried with laughter because of how funny this guy is. And he doesn't, like, he's not trying to be funny. Yeah. There's this, right, this is a true, this really happened. This driver knocked a sandwich out of the runner's hand with his car. <laughs> is it your stunt driver? This is amazing. That The accuracy of this driver. <laughs> then he laughed about it. For 15... <laughs> he laughed about it for 15 minutes. <laughs> when he finished laughing, he said, sorry. <laughs> She's 20 minutes away. <laughs> that happened so long ago. Oh, sorry. She's not here, mate. She's gone. She's, a, she's back at she's that catering trying to get another sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> he, this guy was so funny. But yeah, he was so he was at the back of the shop and Jamie jumped to the well. Um, so yeah, I mean, everyone was like, that day was like, it was my last day actually. That was my last right. day, seriously. And um, yeah, no, sorry, back to your question. I actually, I think I laughed the most out of the car. Really? Yeah. I yeah, just yeah. find everyone so funny. I'm like, I think this series in particular, everyone stepped up massively. I think like mainly because we all missed it so much. Yeah, it'd been yeah. so long since so we we. We'd last filmed in twenty in twenty nineteen, yeah, yeah. And then we did the little like the Zoom one in twenty twenty, but we sort of just misplayed the characters and misbehaved with each other, mis trying to make each other laugh, and all that stuff. And like we came back just ready to do it and ready to like and, and with these solidified ideas of what our characters are and and who they are and what they're trying to achieve this time around. And um, I mean, the day when we filmed. Uh, Carol giving birth in Dean's bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're all waiting outside. That is probably the best day of filming I've ever had. Yeah. Because, like, everyone was just on fire. And we, we had an opportunity. It's, it's, I know that a lot of people think that staff is, is quite heavily improvised. And it's, it's not at all. The mm. script is so, like, meticulously planned. And before we actually go for a tape, when we do the rehearsal, so many things get changed and a lot of rewrites, but Jamie has just bang on it with every single word on that script. Yeah. And like the character, the words have to feel right. He makes sure of that before we take. And sometimes, very occasionally, we will get to just do a loose one where we just yeah. like, just throw some stuff in. And because we've, we've been playing these parts for three years or four years in total, that we know our characters, so we know what they would say yeah, in these yeah. scenarios. So we've got to do that. And so when you see in that scene outside of Dean's room and it's jump cutting, it's just because we got the opportunity to just go back. And some of it wasn't right, and some of it was, and a lot of it was, and, and I, I guess too much of it was because they, they had a, like a lot of trouble in the edit, getting it down yeah. to, to 24 minutes or whatever, channel for half hours. But like that day... It was just non-stop gold from everyone. And it was, it. it was amazing. And it really helped that the catering was 10 out of 10. i never... <laughs> do you know what? There was a day where I, I honestly, like... I don't, I, don't even, I don't cry that much as a man. As a man. I don't cry that much as a person. But I, the, way, the reason I said it as a man is because girls are like, why? Because you're a man, you don't cry. I'm like, no, I just like... As a person, I don't get yeah. emotional, but I don't get emotional about like something that's happening on TV because I'm like, well, it's on TV, I guess. And like adverts, I used to, I had a housemate who used to cry about, from adverts. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, but someone shot that. Like, someone, like... anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I felt I got so emotional one day, and I remember we had we had duck for lunch with dauphinois potato. Mate, that's a huge set lunch. That's not clever. set. Yeah. And I, there was a moment where I was like, I've been acting professionally, professionally for six years, full time for five years. And in those five years, I've never had a lunch that nice. And Christos, who plays Vassos, yeah. has been acting for like, I think he said almost 40 years. Yeah. And he said that was the best lunch he's had. And I was like, Right now, I'm experiencing the best lunch I'm ever going to have on set. 
I'm going to look up those caterers and give them a shout out in the outro because this deserves respect because it makes a difference, man. Good catering and bad catering makes there a big difference. I've, I've, I've been on, I've been on stuff before where people are a deliveruing because because the catering yeah, is, yeah, yeah, is that yeah. bad that you're just yeah. like you're getting some because you need something good in you. But yeah, me and Gus did a film and I remember both of us getting almost emotional because we're we're into a long day. It's really hot. And the producer had had sorted out an ice cream van to come down. Yeah. And I just felt like a child, man. The excitement as it drove towards us, we're like, oh, ice cream van. And then when it started to turn in to yeah. where we are, it was like, <laughs> that's for us. That's our yeah. ice cream van. Yeah. Mind-blowing stuff, man. Yeah. Man. Well, I mean, I, I, we've not got loads of time left, but I need to talk about ghosts. And I might be remembering this order of things wrong but from what you've said staff got you the rolling ghosts but it felt like ghosts maybe blew up before staff yeah, yeah yeah so it's yeah. kind of it got you that role but then that was kind of the first one that you got that oh yeah. this is big and getting a big a huge reception so how was that it was really strange i didn't i couldn't see it coming i knew that those guys who had written yonderland had written bill uh, yeah. ha- had been really successful and I knew that they had a strong fan base but I had no idea how big the show was going to be and I remember uh, when we went to the screening of episode one uh, of series one and there were a lot of their fans and people were sort of like oh that's the guy that's in the thing that we just watched yeah cool but like it's like we're here for the guys that we've been watching since Horrible Histories so yeah, it wasn't yeah. like, oh my gosh, it's you. It was just like, oh cool, like we just watched you. But then when it actually went out on TV yeah. and the tweets started coming in and like the follow account started going up, and I was like, oh shit, they really like these people really love this show. Then I started getting approached by because like I said, I've done YouTube for years. So I was getting approached by like school kids and stuff from when I was from like 2013. I was used to people coming up to me and asking for pictures and stuff like that. But it had all been like kids in their school uniform or people in college or at most people in uni. But I'd never had like an entire family come up to me and be like, we love you and we love the show and we watch it all together and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, this is really like, this is really something. And then I started getting, I started speaking to people that I'd watched on TV. And I remember meeting Tamsin Althwaite. And she was like, I'm such a big fan of Ghosts and all my kids, kids love it. And I, was, and I was thinking, like, I was a kid when I used to watch you on EastEnders. And I was yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was so mad that, like, it changed it changed the, the game for me completely in terms of people who knew me and people who knew my name and knew what I do. I, I, I do. So I'm a big... Um, I'm a good friend of Mo, uh, Mo Gilligan. Yeah. And I used to go to quite a lot of his uh, latest show recordings. Just because he'd be like, yeah, yeah, come down, man. Yeah, I'll put you in the audience while you can be in the green room or whatever. And I'd meet people. I met Danny Dyer uh, in the green room. And he was like, yeah, love that. Love what you're doing on that BBC show, the spooky one. Fucking amazing. And I'm like, this is mad to me. Like, I remember watching him in the business being like, I want to be an actor. Yeah, man. So, like, Ghost was a real game changer. And even, like, seeing tweets from, like, Jennifer Saunders, who was like, love this show. And I'd, I'd worked with Jennifer Saunders before, but I wouldn't, like, not in a capacity where I'd expect her to remember me. And then she's in the show now. She's like, she's going to be in the Christmas special. Amazing. And just, like, things like that, I'm like, it's, it's crazy. So, like, and also, I really love the show. Like, I think it's such a, a good program. And I think, like, I mean, obviously, don't get me wrong, if I didn't get that part, I wouldn't be watching it. <laughs> if I didn't get that part, because I worked so hard at it. If I didn't get that part, I'd have boycotted it. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. been telling everyone to boycott the BBC. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I, I genuinely, like, I, I love the show and I think it's amazing. And, like, it's How so... was it walking on set? Because, again, it's another one that that cast is just ridiculous with Lolly yeah, and yeah. Charlotte and Jessica and Katie, obviously. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess you had a, a, a friend going in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, guess, yeah. But, yeah. So how was but, that to kind of... Because, it's yeah, it's not like it's... And because of your role you're instantly, you're there to open the show as such, and then you're literally in with everyone. 
Yeah. Ev- yeah, yeah everyone yeah. is on with you. It's not, it's not like one of their shows where, yeah, there's all these people in it, but I'm mainly in it with Charlotte and that's it. It's like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone's in it. You're you're all working together. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, I've, I think I've said this before in an interview, but I'd actually like to act with those guys yeah. because I don't, actually, I don't get to... Yeah, of course. Uh, and they're there and we sort of have to, like, avoid each other or, like, I ignore them or whatever it is. But I'd love to, like... Jim Howard is, I think probably the best comedy actor in the, in the UK. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone who can, like... I think Jamie is 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 also in that category, but I think Jim is just the best in terms of, like, you can write anything, any combination of words, and he can make it funny. Yeah. And I think that, that that's a skill that, like, I'm still learning from him when I watch him before. Yeah. But, like, the, the guy is, like, he is hilarious down to every part of his DNA. I'd love to be able to actually like do a scene with him. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's mad that we've like we've worked on the show for three series, and I, 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 I feel like I'd still like to act with this guy. But like, that's got to be such a weird gig because part of of kind of learning lines, I always feel is I'm really like strict on learning lines and getting them tight, but then making sure you've got that awareness that I'm ready to throw all this out the window, depending on what the people across from me give me yeah, yeah, yeah. and all this kind of thing. You don't have to do any of that on that because you're not yeah. meant to react to any of them. So exactly. you've not even got that. You can be like, I, I just need to learn it tight and then go yeah, and yeah, do yeah. exactly what I've practiced yeah. and f- f- fuck everybody else, basically. Exactly, cause, cause yeah. That's what it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. But I do, I, I really love it. It's such a nice group. And also, like, with Series 3, which you can also see in the series, I spent quite a lot of time with Julian, uh, Simon Farnaby's character. And so I got to know Simon a lot more, uh, more than I have. Because Simon's quite... Simon's, I was going to say quite. Simon's extremely elusive. Simon, like, he doesn't turn up to things. (laughs) You don't know what he's up to. And then you see he's in LA, or you see that he's working on this new film, or he's that. And, like... He's, uh, he's, he's sort of that... that he's that guy of, that j- 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 just as, as they're about to, sh- sh- to shout action, you turn around and he's there. It's like, I've not yeah, even yeah. seen you today. This <laughs> yeah. is, you just, you're on set. Yeah. It's just hey, just man, standing how are you? By and he's <laughs> there, whip off his trousers and action, and he's in, and he's like, he knows, he knows, every, he knows what's going on, he knows his lines, yeah. he knows everything. Where I'm like, you've been on your laptop for the last, like, hour. Yeah, yeah. Like... I've never, never, I don't know if, this has probably been said loads, but Simon, Simon's a writer as well as an actor, and I think, like, in equal measure. Yeah. And he, his ability to get into the green room, chat, 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 open a laptop, glasses on, write, and he's writing a screenplay that's yeah, going to be mad. in the cinema. yeah. And still interacting with people that are in the room, occasionally, and look up and go, oh, what's the word when you're trying to... Um, da, 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 and someone will tell him, and he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's in it. And then someone's like, oh, Simon, are there any for you on set? And he's like, laptop closed, on set. And then just, like, given a performance, and, like, he's got it. It's not like... Yeah, it's amazing. It's, yeah, it's incredible. To be in those two headspaces kind of co-currently is... is yeah, that's Wait, mad to think and of. And I'm, like, when I try and write, like... I've got a few things in development, so I'm trying to write. And some... And, like with series series three, I was like, yeah, yeah, I uh, I could do it, I could do it in the evenings, and I would get home to my hotel room with my delivery and all the, my comforts and whatever I need, and I still can't write. Mate, I need the lighting to be right. I need it to be the right quietness, the right comfy yeah. chair, all yeah. of these things. I can't imagine just being in the corner of a green room like, let's go. I'm yeah. like, I'll, I'll I'll go to start and I go. No, it's it's not right. I'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something's off. Yeah. And that's <laughs> me just writing a, a one pager to send to a producer. Yeah. This guy's yeah. writing like something that's gonna be on a in the cinema on film. Yeah. It's madness. Yeah. Well before we, we wrap things up, I want you to tell me a bit about string string versus spitter, because yes. I know very little about it, but I've seen numerous people I really respect hyping it and saying yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that this is some something to see so tell me about yeah. it it's a it's, it's a soho theater run which is one of my favorite places so yeah 
What's the deal? So String versus Spitzer is a story about two children's, two rival children's entertainers. Uh, and they come from very different backgrounds. String is a West London trained in classical music. Yeah. Uh, and he can, he plays loads of instruments and he's a traditional children's entertainer who brings discipline, but also education. And then there's Spitter, who's from East London, who has, uh, come up by, he, he was a grime artist, was a grime MC his whole life, and then, uh, started looking at, like, financial prospects and went into children's entertainment, but actually loved the idea of entertaining children and stuck at it and wanted to be the best. So it's a rivalry between the two of those when Spitter comes on the scene and starts taking strings bookings and starts heading west a little bit and encroaching on his territory. Um, and it's about the, the rivalry between the two of them. And it's all done through music. Yeah. So there's a lot of live instruments. The accordion is one of them. We've got an accordion in the show. Love it. Um, there's a bit, there's a part where I'm drumming on the accordion. Um, we've got a loop station, we've got a piano, we've got a keyboard, we've got everything going on. So, um, yeah, we've been working at it for four years, myself and Ed, Ed MacArthur, who, uh, I was introduced to by Phoebe Burke, who, uh, of Burke's Nest, and she was just like, you two have got to work together. And we came together, we started talking about ideas and then found out that we both, uh, did children's entertainment at some stage in our lives. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I thought that was a good springboard for a show. And four years later... I love it when you find that small link in your past or in your lives or in your history and you can just mine that and turn it yeah, up yeah, yeah. and turn it up and turn it up and find this this project and, and inspiration. Yeah, man. So working on that at the moment and... and uh... Yeah, I mean, we had a we had a big day today. We had a a breakthrough today, which means that there's going to be a lot of hard work in the next four days before we open on Monday. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's well, the I worst mean, time to have a breakthrough, man. Oh yeah, really bad. You you want to be all the breakthroughs are like a month a month or two ago, and now you're <laughs> yeah. just ironing it out. Yeah, right now we should just be chilling and just it's, running yeah. it. I, I love the idea of you both kind of going. No, it's not that good, is it? No, no, let's see. It's, it's not that good. It's not that good. Let's like, we don't. Oh, it's fucking good, isn't it? Ah, oh, shit. We need to. Yeah. We, we need to put it in. We That's need to change things. Yeah. <laughs> Try and talk yourselves out of it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, tomorrow's going to be a big day. But, yeah, we open on Monday. I love it. That's that's incredibly exciting. So, so what else is ahead? It's always a tough one with with people in this industry because there's so much that can't be spoken about. Is there anything ahead that can be spoken about? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, well, Ghost Christmas Special. Is there a Sewing Bee Christmas Special I'm as well? I'm also on Christmas Sewing Bee. Why? I don't know. How's that come about, man? Bro, I wish That's because of ghosts. You. That's because yeah, yeah. of ghosts. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. That, that's the ghost audience. That's, all of the, all that's, the appearance stuff that, that I'm doing. Yeah. It's of, I did catchphrase the other day. Amazing. Uh, I mean, it's all because I got asked to do Pointless uh, this week. Yeah. But I'm trying to like, I'm trying to narrow down the appearance type stuff. Yeah. Because I've got to remember that I'm an actor. I can't just get gassed and be like, oh, they asked me to do this. Da, da, da. I've got to remember like. That's a massive bit of wisdom there, man. I've had a few things like that where I'm like, you get that excitement of, oh, someone's asked me to be on something. How yeah. nice. Like, yeah. that's, that's crazy. And then you go, well, do I want to be in that? Exactly. Or, or, yeah. The thing I always think is, what do I add to that show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. if, if if what my skills are aren't something that's related, I'm like, so I'm just going there to be a person on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. never what I wanted. I wanted to be on TV for doing good shit, not yeah. just to be on TV. And that's yeah, yeah that's a good thing to realise at at this stage. Yeah, man. So uh, yeah, uh, got, uh, yeah, Ghost Christmas Special. So with me, I mean, I can't even remember that. I feel like it was a different person doing that show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I won't, I won't watch it, but I will look at the tweets. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'll see what people are saying. But um, yeah, that and then I'm filming a black next year, a sketch show for uh, me and Kyle Awumi, who created her documentary, and we did Enterprise together. Uh, so it's our sketch thing that we're working on. And then... Yeah, a few other bits in development, and we'll, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully, hopefully a show at some stage. 
I love it, man. There seems to be a, a lot ahead. Wh- where can people find you online and keep up with all you're doing? Uh, I'm on Twitter as KF Red Hot. I'm on Instagram as Clay's Flames, which uh, I could try and tell you how to spell, but you just won't remember it. Um, <laughs> if you find me, you find me. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's pretty much that's everywhere. Yeah, I love it, man. Well, thank you. For- very much for taking the time as said i've been enjoying you in numerous different areas for a minute now so it's good to chat and good to have have got into it all yeah 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 i appreciate that yeah thank you You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. I hope you enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. As you will have heard, that's the first time we spoke and it felt like just catching up with an old mate. Loads of different connections. I felt loads of shared experiences. So yeah, that was great. We'll be back on Friday with a bonus episode. I don't even have to say see you next week. I'll see you in a couple of days. But if you haven't already, as mentioned, head over to podbiblemag.com and vote for Distraction Pieces in their year, end of year awards. Yeah, nice one. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you on Friday. Until then, stay safe and stay sane. Titsa.